This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday sermon. I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. Welcome back to the great... <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't right. Grace, you want me to start over? I think I do, actually. I don't don't think I'm going to. If you want to, go ahead. Let's keep it going. Welcome back to the Grace. How about the Great Grace? The Great Grace? Deep Dive Podcast. This is uh, Johnny. Hey, uh, he always wants me to start over. He, like, like messes up. He's got, like, days, right, to prepare. And then the first 10 seconds in, he can't can't get past 10 seconds. Well, sometimes it's hard to talk in the morning, John. You you understand how that is. Johnny. You, if anyone knows how hard it is to talk in the morning. It's 1108 in the morning. I know, I know. It's true. It is. But I've been only talking to a three-year-old this morning, so. fair enough. Yeah, so. Fair enough. uh, You know what, Johnny? I'm trying to figure out. Your secret recipe to success. I know you're a big health, wealth, and prosperity oh, is that guy. Right? Yeah, yeah. And you talked about this this uh, Sunday how in order to be uh, have health, wealth, and prosperity, you added a new thing, which is a mystery ingredient called misery or suffering <laughs> or affliction. Now I think I'm trying to do that, and it's just not working, John. It's not working. No, you're, you're adding misery to your life, and and you're not finding. Happiness. I'm not finding that happiness, John. <laughs> okay. Well, obviously that's not what I said on Sunday, and perhaps it would be a good idea for you to go and listen again to the sermon, Johnny, which is online, by the way, whether it's on iTunes or our website um, or whatever podcast provider you have. Hopefully, you can find it. Um, but yeah, no, that's not that was not the message, Johnny. Oh, okay. Um, adding, adding suffering in order to find health, wealth, and happiness—is that what it was? Prosperity. Yeah. Prosperity. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, all right. No, I, I missed, nope, I missed the mark. That wasn't the message. So you're not a health, wealth, and prosperity uh, gospel heir? <laughs> I, I am not. Oh, okay. And, and, that is, and that is, by the way, not to say that God does not bless us, that, which is a different thing. Sure. So, so that that is something that we ought to keep clear, right? We, that, we kid, but we kid. But I mean, what is the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, yeah, essentially? Well, and, and, and I don't know that the people who ascribe to this particular theology would call themselves this. This is probably a, a, a phrase or a terminology that's used by critics of the okay. of people who ascribe to those kinds of things. Um, you know, but basically, uh, they they are the people who run around saying, "Hey, you know, God wants to bless you financially. He wants to bless your health. He wants to bless all these things. All you have to do is put your faith in Him, and He'll make you health. You know, healthy and wealthy and 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 prosperous and all these things. And and well, sometimes God blesses us in those in those ways. Um, he doesn't always. And and sometimes which the blessing, is quite confusing. It is kind of confusing, um, you know, because we like to hear the stories. I think we like to hear, oh yeah, you know, I just prayed. Uh, that God, I had, I was in this financial situation. I prayed that God would take care of this. And, and then, you know, uh, five years later, I'm, I'm super rich or something or, 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 a check, instant, or, or I a won check the lottery or, yeah. or, or, or whatever, or check came in the mail or, or whatever. And we love to hear those stories. Um, because I think it feeds our own perception of what God wants for us sometimes, or what we want for ourselves at least. And, um, and that's just not always true that God doesn't always do that. Because you see a lot of times, uh, almost more often, it seems like God, you'll hear about the story of, you know, my, you know, my, my wife got cancer or something and, mm-hmm. and we prayed for healing and yeah. she didn't get healed. And she, you know, you, saw, you hear those stories, it seems like a lot more 
often you mean sometimes. The, one, the ones where they are healed well, they, or something. Or they don't. No, they aren't healed. Oh. And they do end up passing You mean away. that happens more often, it, it seems, seems like. like yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, if I we're going to so. be realistic. And, and I think what the, the good point about this message is that, that life is going to happen. And God has greater plans sometimes than our immediate um, health, our wealth, and our yeah. prosperity. He, he does great things. And I think it's very freeing. And actually, you know, obviously, we're in a summer series right now. Yeah. Is it is it called anything, John? Or is it just a summer New series? Life. New Life. Okay. Yeah. New Life. And um, it was Finding mi- uh, Meaning. Which was mi- all over the screen on Sunday. I'm glad you were paying attention, well, John. Well, John, I was, getting off, I was getting off the stage. <laughs> which, by the way, very catchy music. I like it, by the way. Did you, did you like uh, the I music? I wanted to dance, but then I felt weird. And, you know, we're not allowed to <laughs> dance in church. You want to get your video game, 80s video game dance on? Oh, yeah. It brought back the, the child in me. Um, but, yeah, so we're, we're in the, uh, the meaning of misery and... You know, it is It is true. Actually, you just said the summer series again. New life. There it is. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> I blanked out again. But, uh, it, you know, I was got going home that night, and, and Kelsey's out of town right now. She's in um, Europe and uh, with a work, th- a work thing. And I was all alone with a kid, and, you know, I have older kids, too. And I get a phone call from my daughter on Sunday night. It was a great sermon. I get my phone a phone call that basically she got into a car accident. Yeah. yeah. And she was okay, and everything was okay, but, you know, there's just... Old Johnny would have been like, man, you know, like God, just take it away. Yeah. Take it away. You know, or why did you allow this to happen? You know? And the reality is, is, is I, from the message just goes, you know what? There's, there's, I can't control the circumstances, you know, every day is going to be different and, uh, just God is so good. And, and it felt freeing actually and empowering to not let circumstances beat me up emotionally. Yeah. Well, and I think that's sometimes what happens and it's really hard too, right? Because, because we do get emotionally attached and rightly so in a lot of cases to, to people, of course, you know, we want to be emotionally attached to those we love our kids, those kinds of things. But when, when there's suffering, when there's difficulty, um, then, uh, then that becomes difficult. (laughs) I'm getting a phone call I, I from get, my wife right now. Yeah, you have a situation going on. I have a situation going yeah, on like, like right if you have, now. John, if you have more faith right now and, and more and more trust in God, then your plumbing issue will go away. Is that, that? is that right? Yeah, you I got plumbing pray. issues. You just got to pray and uh, the roots will be gone. Is that kind of how it works? Is that the, the roots will be gone? The roots I got just, roots in my... In my we hope. Yeah, so. yeah, we think. Okay. Anyways... Um, yeah, it's, uh, so John, even you aren't exempt to the trials and tribulations of the world. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not at all. Maybe you have some sin in your life well, or uh, some, <laughs> some car or something. What were we talking yeah, about? Yeah, we're talking about my, my stuff, but yeah, I think the point is life happens. It does happen. You know, and we got to uh, smile and trust God and, and he doesn't need to, to fix everything in our timeline. You know, um, we still love him. We still, uh, uh, grow it, and and the thing is, we grow in our our character and our spiritual faith and our love towards God as we walk through the trials and the hardships of life. So, um, you know, going forward, um, you know, sometimes you'll look around and you'll see the wicked prosper. I know it's a big thing in, yeah, in exactly Psalms, right. you know, yeah. Um, and obviously, I'm sure they have affliction. I'm sure they have affliction. But sometimes, you know, we always look at everyone else's lives are better. Yeah. But why do you think, in general, why do you think? The wicked prosper. Yeah. Well, I think the problem is that we we think um, we we think that that financial stability or or freedom or or wealth or whatever we kind of worship that right. So we think that's the ultimate good, but it's not, and that's where the confusion happens, is because we confuse what is ultimately good and and what is not, and, and God God knows what's ultimately good. 
And, and I've said this a hundred times and I'll say it five million more if I get the chance that God is less concerned about our happiness and he's a lot more concerned about our character and, and the people we become. Right. And so, and so we think about that. I mean, if, if, if money, health, if health and wealth were the ultimate goal and that was what God was concerned about for us and that's, and that was the, the value that we should be pursuing, then, then people that live in third world countries that have no hope. I mean, think about the people that live in Venezuela right now and, and, and the difficulty that they're facing. What are we supposed to say to those people? I'm sorry, you don't have enough faith. Is that, is that how it should go? God doesn't care about you. Mm. Like what, what is, what is the message to them? And so we live, you know, we happen to live in a first world country. We live in the United States and it is a wealthy nation and we have a lot of freedom and we have a lot of resources and we, you know, have a lot of broken people and we have a lot of broken people who are not happy. Yeah. Who and are then, not experienced, yeah. even, even when they are healthy and wealthy, they're often not happy because there's relational, uh, yeah. difficulties and hardships and, and sin issues that, that have consequences and, and all of these things like it, it's, we confuse, we, we have the wrong values mm-hmm. and, you know, Go ahead. So, sorry, you know, it's funny because actually perfect, perfect time. I went home that, that on Sunday night after the sermon and uh, on Netflix, Minimalist. Have you seen that? It's like I, ha- a, it's a doc- I haven't. It's a documentary on, on um, reducing the things in your life, you yeah. know, uh, not consuming as much or, or just be use, use things as they're meant to be used and not don't love them essentially. Yeah. And uh, the irony is, is you, and they're not believers, but you see sure. these, the, the world is almost bucking this system of, materialism and wealth because it's bankrupt equals, well and it equals happiness yeah and then people who have all this stuff they know they're not, it doesn't lead to happiness so what they what they're doing is they're getting rid of that stuff yeah and they're trying to just go back to relationships and it's like wait a minute maybe there's something to this actually my question to you is a trick question oh yeah and yeah you hit it out of the park you, did i yeah you son of a gun <laughs> <laughs> what was it what was the trick i don't well, the trick was that privilege and success isn't the end goal you yeah. know, being successful and prospering isn't what makes us happy. Yeah. You know, it really is. It's, it's loving God and character and, and, and having great relationships and, you know, and putting our priorities in the right place and not having idols in our life. That's true happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Worsh- that- worsh- worshiping God and understanding our relationship to him and the purpose for which he created us. I mean, if we can do that, we're in, we're in, oh, we're in a yeah. great place. Oh yeah. And it's hard, it's hard to do that because we do have a natural, like you said, we have a natural tendency to lift up and idolize yeah. um, success and prosperity. Yeah. John, um, John Calvin said, said the human heart is, is basically an idol maker. I forget exactly how he said it, but produces, pretty close to yeah, that. My, mine's good at producing idols. Yeah. Right. Just like, here it is. Here's a new one. Here's you a new know, one. And even when I get rid of one, another one pops another up. Another one pops up. Yeah. It's like, it's like weeding a garden. Um, <laughs> John, so how do we, if, if suffering is important to our character growth and mm-hmm. um, how do we embrace it? I, I mean, do we get excited? <laughs> like, oh, great. The car, we have no car for my teenager, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, whatever. How do, how do you, how do you embrace that? Yeah. You know, I, I, it's, or is it possible? I think you do embrace it in a certain sense. Like you don't look for opportunities to suffer. I don't think that's wise necessarily. Um, but I think when suffering happens, when affliction is the word that, that, um, Paul used in second Corinthians chapter one, when that affliction happens and that suffering happens, you, you, you stop looking at escape as the ultimate goal. Mm. You start looking at growth as the goal, 
right? And so, so your, your daughter right now in her car situation, you know, she's probably looking for escape, you know, it's, it's hard for, it's hard for those of us who are at least supposedly mature in, in our faith and have more life experience. It's hard for us to focus on the right things in those circumstances, much less a, a younger person like your daughter. But, but you know, it, so, so instead of looking for escape, and again, it's not that we shouldn't desire relief, that's okay. But we should also be asking the question, how do I grow in the situation I'm in? And, and, and which is a really hard question because sometimes that means doing the hard thing. Right. Not the easy thing. Yeah. And and we always wanted to go the easy route. We want to escape, you know, get away from the difficulty as soon as we can. Make it go away as fast Make as it go possible. Away. And 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 that's often not the right answer. But that's, that's actually really cool that you said that, actually, because, you know, our first reaction is, well, if we have five grand, let's just throw money at it. Yeah. Let's fix it. Problem by away. Car, yeah. Well, by by the three days, we'll have you in a new car, or uh, we'll get this car fixed in three days, three and, hours. Yeah, it, you yeah, know? that's true. If you're gonna get a new car, but uh, but even it's just fixing it, you know. But now, you know, we don't have that kind of money, right? And we don't, you know. But the but the point of this is now, like, okay, so we learn the how do we, you know, learn to, you know, her boyfriend gave her a book to read. On her downtime, about and, and you know, just like you know, the things that you know, she I'm liking his boyfriend. With. I don't know who this is, but yeah, I'm, like, I'm kind of liking him right now. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. I don't know if he's probably not listening, but he's a good guy. Um, I'm all I'm all on board. But um, yeah, it's 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 really cool because even me now, I I get to lean on creative ways. How am I going to fix this car? Right. You know, I call people that I know who have car experience, you know, and let them come over and, and then they can help me give me some ideas. And so like you, you bring in the community, you know, the body of Christ or maybe not even the body of Christ, unbelievers that yeah. maybe you might have a chance. So it's like you, these, these opportunities that come out of these hardships yeah. and it creates endless um, possibilities. Right. And if we re- react quickly to try to get rid of the thing by, you know, Let's Throwing, just throw money throw it at a, it. Yeah. Or, or worse yet, throw it on a credit card. Go credit get a, you know, oh, yeah. Whatever. For sure. And I think even, too, whenever suffering comes or hardships come, you see the other thing is not just throwing money at a problem. It's sometimes ignoring the problem through another vice. Right. And that's where you see alcoholism uh, creep up or materialism or whatever it is, or, or even just watching TV or, or, or eating, you know, eating, overeating or whatever it is that we that we may struggle with or sleeping. You know, we, we just want to avoid the problem. And, and delay it. And that's, that's not good too. We need to, when the, when the problem comes and the situation arises and time for conflict or suffering or affliction, we, we bear under it and we look for possibilities yeah. to grow yeah and to connect with others too. Yeah. It's a great thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to throw anything else in there. Well, no, I just, I just want to echo it. And, and again, it's kind of like, um, you know, you think about it, you know, Navy SEAL training, you know, the, the special yeah. ops you know, guys. I, I right? did that, right? You yeah. did that? Yeah. yeah. Right. For five minutes, maybe. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine me? You, you did that? Seal? No. No. It's, it's very difficult to imagine. Oh, gosh. But, um, no, it's very easy to imagine me not doing well, it. Well, that's right. It's, yeah. it's, it's very easy for you to, for me to imagine. Like, you, you'd, you'd put your big toe in, in, the, oh, in the cold ocean and be like, I'm done. No, Ring the bell. Set down the, you know. You're, I won't you're, go in a hot on. tub if it's less than 103. You know, it has to be like there's a sweet spot. That's yeah. it. But anyways, uh, that was very specific. 103. Anyways, um, you know, but Navy SEALs, you know, what they do is is they put themselves 
you know, through really hard, difficult things so that when the really hard, difficult things come on the battlefield, they're prepared. Mm-hmm. Right. So they, in a sense, they do, they, they go out of the way to, and pursue this, this, uh, Suffering. affliction, mm-hmm. if you will, but it's all in preparation so that worse affliction, they can handle even worse affl- affliction and difficulty on the actual battlefield. And again, I'm not saying that we should be stupid and put ourselves in financial distress in order to, so that we can learn how to dig ourselves out if it ever gets worse. No, that's not what I'm saying, but I am saying that they, they are embracing the, the affliction and the suffering in preparation for for whatever comes next, right? And so when affliction comes to us, we ought to do the same thing. Mm. You know, what is this preparing me for? You know, how is it mentally preparing me? How is it spiritually preparing me? You know, athletes uh, often do all kinds of physical things that are extremely difficult in order to to prepare for an athletic event. You know, why why aren't we not the same thing? And, and Paul talks about this in First Corinthians chapter nine, yeah. right? When he talks about beating the body, you know, athletes beating their bodies uh, so that they can that so that they can succeed in, in their athletic endeavors. You know, how much more spiritually should we be doing the same kind of thing? We should be. Yeah. You know, you talked about and you made a correlation, I think, was kind of interesting with the church of Corinth. And uh, yeah. you said that we're very similar because you yeah. know, they're like a, uh, a nation of prosperity and commerce yeah. and all this kind of stuff. They're yeah. just very wealthy. Um, besides, obviously, the maybe the the wealth and all that kind of stuff. How else would you uh, say that we were similar to, to Corinth? Because there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, very applicable. Mm-hmm. Paul really addresses issues a lot with Cor- the Corinthians. Yeah, well, and in First Corinthians, we're we're in Second Corinthians, but in First Corinthians nine, when he talks about that, the games and stuff, there's a reason he did that because the, uh, all these athletic endeavors, these games, it, it was an entertainment culture, and we're a lot like that too. We have, uh, we, I mean, they'd be blown away by the entertainment. Things that we have available to us, but they were focused on entertainment as well. And they had, they had these games and, and all these things that they would participate in. Um, and, and, and it was all about, their culture was very much about reducing anything that, that took pleasure away from me and maximizing pleasure. And we do the same thing in our culture. It is all about maximizing pleasure. Um, and, and you think about, I mean, even down to what is true and what is not true, you know, we, we lie to ourselves all the time about, about, about even the concept of truth. You know, we, we say, oh, well, that's your truth. This is my truth. You know, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, or, it's a weird and, statement. And, and that's, no, truth is one thing. Truth is what it is. And there's no way around it. And we can lie to ourselves about it. But, but in the end, truth is truth. And we have to face it and, and deal with it. Um, well, it's like even like I think is the right way to say that would be your opinion is your opinion and my opinion is my opinion. Right. Okay, that's true. That's that's an opinion. But not all, not all not opinions truth. are valued. Yeah. Valid. You know what I mean? Truth is truth and opinions are opinions. Right. You know? Opinions are there, there's such a thing as a false opinion. Uh-huh. And, you know, we, we like to say everybody's entitled their, to their opinion. Uh, no, nah, no, they're not. No. Oh, yeah. They're uh, only entitled to their opinion if the facts support it. Yeah, or if you like their opinion too, because even, right. even people who say that they're that oh no, you know whatever. But until well, my opinion is I I want to take some from your house, right? And you're not going to call the cops, like, right? No, I don't like that. Well, you don't like my opinion, so right, right. Well, and, that, and that's the that's the problem, right? Is is uh, yeah. I I tell my kids I from the time my daughter was young, not all opinions are equal. They aren't. I don't care what your teacher says. <laughs> They're just not. Yeah. There are stupid opinions and wrong opinions. Mm-hmm. So we, well, you, you, uh, kind of not, not really switching gears, but we're, we're still in Corinthians. I believe that's yeah. where this, this verse is. You, you talked about it on Sunday and, um, 
you're th- talking sort about of. how, yeah, how God does not give us more than we can handle. Yeah. And that's in, not in regards to suffering, right? That's in regards to temptation. Sin. That's yes. right. Temptation, okay. right? So can you maybe explain that, why you use that verse and then... Well, I didn't actually quote the verse. I quoted people okay. who, who, oh, who, who use... The well, they don't really quote the verse. They paraphrase it. And then they apply it in completely wrong ways. And so, and so the paraphrase is, is God will never give you more than you can handle, right? And, when, and there's, a, there is, there is a verse in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, I believe, um, where it says, you, uh, you will not be tempted beyond what you, God will not tempt you beyond what you can bear, but he'll always provide a way out for you, mm-hmm. right? And, and okay, that's fine, but that's talking about temptation. In other words, we can overcome and resist our temptation because God, by the way, is the one who's doing the work even in that verse is, is the one providing the way out. Yeah. And so there is a way out of temptation always. And, and that's the point of that verse. It's not saying that affliction and suffering that, that God will never give you more of that than you can bear. Cause we saw clearly in, in second Corinthians one and the verses we looked at this week, we saw clearly that Paul literally says, no, this was beyond us. This, mm-hmm. this, this affliction that we faced, you know, the affliction that he uh, suffered in Asia and, and stuff like that, the, all, all the imprisonments and the, and the beatings and all that kind of stuff for the sake of the gospel that he endured was beyond him. He said, he said death, you know, to paraphrase it, death looked like a good option uh, to, to looks him. better to him. It, it looked yeah. better to I him. I want to go. I'm good. Yeah, he was, he was, you know, to, was he suicidal? That might be go too far to say that he was suicidal, but... But he, you know, he certainly went, man, death would be better than what well, I'm I think. Yeah. And I think Paul's eyes on the prize yeah. is probably a lot more intense than ours are. Right. And uh, we love, the, we do love the world. I right. mean, we love our families. We love our homes. We love, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, Paul loved Christ yeah. oh. and he just wanted to be with him. Yeah. And so he was just like, you know, I'll do the work. Anything for the sake of the yeah, gospel. I'll do the work. I'll do the work here on earth. But man, I want to go. I want to go. And, and I think that's kind of, I think where his mentality was just, I just want to, I just want to be with you. Right. Again. Um, yeah, I love yeah. the world. I love, you know, I want to do all I can to further your kingdom, but I just want to be with you. Yeah. So uh, I just love that, that passion he had. Hey, you know, I, I, I read all the time about the, the latest and greatest, and you kind of mentioned self-help, the new and yes. improved, you know, it's, it's this version of it, or this is the new updated version of this latest and greatest craze. It's going to help you. Mm-hmm. The irony is the latest and greatest. It's the newest because the, the old ones don't work. Yeah. You know, but there is something that does provide a, a tangible thing that we could do. You know, um, and I think it's the hard thing spiritually. It's, you know, how do you get how do you get stronger? How do you, you know? Well, if you want to work out, you know, how do you get stronger? Mm. You just keep bench pressing. You just keep yeah. lifting the weight, you right. know, but spiritually it's it's intangible. How do we make it more tangible? Is there things that we can do? um you know, yeah. physically with, with, with our spirit, you know? Yeah, I, I, absolutely there are. And I think that this is really important, right? Is, um, you know, how do we work out spiritually, spend time in God's word, reading God's word, spend time praying. Um, and that's, consi- to, that's considered lifting the, lifting that's a weight. lifting weights, man. Yeah. That's lifting weights and, and doing it with people, right? When you go to the gym and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to start working out. What, what's one of the things that, that, you know, they'll tell you you need, you need either some kind of, you know, trainer, or a, a workout buddy or some kind of community, some kind of relationship with somebody who's going to do what? Hold you accountable to doing it, right? Otherwise, this is what we all do. We go to the gym and then we, eh, whatever. And then, yeah. you know, two, three days in a row, maybe. Yeah. We're really good, maybe a couple of weeks and then we're out. 
Yeah. We're done. And that can be true with our spiritual life as well. And some, it's not hundred percent true, but, but it's always better with community. So church, small groups, like those are spiritual disciplines, by the way, going to church is a spiritual discipline, being involved in life group here at Grace Fellowship. That's a spiritual discipline. And those are important. It's good for us to do right. So that we can encourage and uplift one another, spur one another on towards love and good deeds as the author Hebrews talks about. And so, so I think that's really important. Those are, those are things that we should, we should be doing. We, we had a, we had to work out spiritually. Mm. Anything else? Well, I just, you know, I just think as, as we kind of look at this whole thing and think about suffering and affliction and all those kinds of things, it's not that we have to be sad. That's not at all the, the, the reason behind this, but we need to understand that there's purpose in it, that it's building our character. It's providing opportunities to share the gospel. It's so somebody else can see us respond to suffering in a biblical way um, and understand that even in the midst of suffering, the Christian finds meaning and purpose and, and love from God and towards God. And, and so I think all of those things matter a lot when it comes to dealing with suffering in our lives. And we should never be deceived by anyone that says, hey, just, just follow this. And you, you won't experience any kind of affliction or suffering mm-hmm. in life. If, you, if somebody is telling you that, they are, they are lying to you or they are themselves deceived. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that will hit you in the face eventually. Well, I think, you know, even just kind of going back to my car situation, you know, the greatest thing is you, you, you get this frustration and anxiety and fear and monetary stress and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The best thing you can do is reach out to people. Right. You know, pray Absolutely. about it, reach out to people. That becomes your, your intangible becomes tangible yep. um, through people. Um, so we speaking of people, people are we going to talk about people now? Yeah, we're going to talk about people. Oh, okay. We're gonna, actually, we're going to talk about people talking about questions. Oh, awesome. Or giving us questions. Giving us questions. Yeah. So from our, from our, yeah. So if you ever have any questions, just go ahead and podcast, uh, email podcast at gfol.org. Um, we would love to discuss what you have uh, sent our way. But yeah, we had a couple questions this week. Um, and one said that you... John, I, you want us, you said that God wants us to grow in our trials. Yeah. But how would you recommend encouraging a non-Christian who does acknowledge God in their life? Unfortunately, that trial becomes meaningless if it yeah. doesn't turn them to Christ. Isn't that right. correct? Or? Uh, I, I think it, I think there's potential. They can still grow in character, right? They can, they can grow in character. I, I think there's a deeper question behind that. And we, we have written on our hearts this idea of, of morality and goodness and, and character being part of that. Um, I think God's hardwired us for that, but a person who rejects the idea of God still has that built into them. They just don't know where it came from, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and I think that that deeper question can be why why does suffering even matter? I mean, that might be an opportunity. You got to be careful how you do it. You don't want to minimize their suffering, right, or their difficulty that they're facing. Um, they can still grow in character, and we can still encourage them to do that. But when if we have the opportunity. Or if we can creatively create the opportunity to really challenge them on on why is suffering even there? Why is it even a thing? And 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 challenge them according to your worldview. There there's no meaning in your suffering, but for the Christian, um, that worldview, that understanding that God created the universe, that there was a fall. Um, and, and that suffering is a part of that uh, and, and that God wants us to grow in our character and, and, and our spiritual life and all of those things. And all of a sudden that suffering has meaning in God's economy, mm. then then we might be able to witness to that person as well. But we can still encourage them to, to grow in other ways. Well, I think, you know, I, I kind of what made me think while you're talking, you know, based on what you're saying was it's almost like, you know, the the 
the person working out, you know, who's not a believer, just kind of working out. Maybe they're, their, their coach is with them or something and they're excited that they hit a big goal, you know, yeah. but something about with Christianity, I mean, you have God sitting with you through the trial. Yeah. You know, you have, you know, it's almost like you have this audience of, you know, spiritual audience just going, yes, like that's great. You know, we're so proud of you. You just have like a support team yeah. that, that is beyond even just, yeah. uh, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's the, we're all part of that body of Christ. You're not alone. Um, Another question. Psalms shows that David was praying for God to uh-huh. alleviate his suffering. Uh-huh. Did David lose any blessings um, by asking for relief? No, I don't think so. And that's a great question. You know, it, it's not that the alleviation of suffering is a bad thing and that suffering is good. We don't want to flip it over, right? We don't want to pretend that suffering isn't real as some some worldviews and religions do. And we don't want to pretend that it in and of itself is good either. Um, suffering is suffering. It's not good in and of itself, but it can be for our benefit. It can, God can use it for good, right? Mm-hmm. Romans 8, 28, that kind of thing. But... But it's it's totally okay for God to leave us or to pray to God uh, to alleviate us from our suffering. But we also ought to always add to the add to our prayer if that's your will. Yeah, you know if that's your will, God, man, please take this away. Mm-hmm. You know, God, God, please relieve me from this situation or whatever. Th- th- those prayers are totally understandable. There's totally good. It's fine. Um, and and sometimes God will do that. But if He doesn't. Then the question becomes, okay, why? There's got to be purpose in this. And sometimes we may not know the purpose. We just have to trust that God does and that he's accomplishing it, right? But a lot of times we can see it and we can say, oh, you know, I suffered, but I was able to uh, witness to the nurse. And, and she accepted Christ and wow, what a great story. Or I was, or somebody else was watching me suffer and saw how I responded and that encouraged them, another believer perhaps, or even somebody who's not a believer to, to, to respond to suffering and affliction in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, there can be, we can find meaning, but we don't always find it. And it's totally okay to say, as a matter of fact, Jesus prayed. He, what did he pray in the garden of Gethsemane, right? God, father, if you'll, you know, take this cup from me, but if not, yeah, you know, I'll fall through. Well, I think, you know, either either way, whether he provides relief or he doesn't, um, both outcomes should produce something positive. That's you right. Know, whether it's even if we can't thankful. see it. Yeah. But I mean, if God does remove it, then oh, praise God. Thank you so much. Glory I'm so excited. Glory to God. And then you're you're passionate. You're you know, but if he doesn't, then you learn something. Yeah. You grow. Um, so these next two questions have something to do with um, uh, kind of like, you know, that if. If uh, I sin, then, you know, the grace, grace it, should I do? So some like, should I sin so that I can be blessed by God's comfort is the first one. No. no. Read the read the <laughs> beginning verses of Romans chapter six, right? Where Paul asks a question and he says, he says, should I sin all the more that grace may abound, right? That's his, that's his, what he says. And there's this little word that means not in, in Greek and it's found in the question, right? And so, and, and it doesn't translate to English very well. So they usually leave it untranslated, but it seems the answer is obvious, right? And it's there. You see that in that particular verse and it, and it's basically says, no, you're supposed to answer this question to the negative. In other words, should I sin so that God's grace may abound? The expected answer is no. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the answer is no. The answer is no. Okay. Don't do that. Well, the second one, if I live holy, I suffer less. Is it better to have suffering or to live holy? Okay. So I, I kind of disagree with the premise of this question. If I live holy, I suffer less. Is that true? 
I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that it can be true in some ways, right? We, we, we might not, yeah. Yeah, we might not experience the self-inflicted consequences of sinning. And that is that is holy. And so those things are removed. So in that sense, we experience less suffering by being obedient to God. Right. But not all suffering is a direct result of our own sin. A lot of suffering is not whether it's somebody gets cancer, somebody experiences a car accident, somebody, uh, you know, whatever those those kinds of things, you know, and it's somebody else's fault. Right. There's a drunk driver and they hit you. Well, it was somebody else's fault. It wasn't my fault. And I'm still experiencing the suffering. Right. So. So I, I disagree with the premise. I think there's plenty of suffering and affliction that comes from us being obedient. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what was happening to Paul when he was being persecuted in Asia. He was being thrown in prison. He was being beaten. He was all these things. Why? Because he was proclaiming Jesus Christ. He was being his, obedient. He was holy. And, and yet this affliction came. So, so I, I disagree with the premise. I don't think there is an answer to... So he's probably... Well, he's probably saying the question is... If you're, if you're, the disobedient, you know, the sinful consequences, yeah. probably, yeah. Yeah. So, so if you can avoid the consequences of sin by not sinning, should we do that? Of course, yes. Of course we yeah. should. We yes. should reduce suffering whenever we can, especially if it's senseless, senseless okay. suffering. S- senseless suffering or, or suffering that's a result of our own actions or something like that, our own sinful actions. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we, we might do something. I told, you know, I've told my kids this at some time, at times, sometimes you do the right thing and you, and there's consequences to that. You should still do the right thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's even kind of cool to hear too, is, is I've experienced and I'm sure other people have experienced, uh, suffering as a result of sin Yeah, and consequences, but even still then God still uses it for good. He does. And he redeems it. And, you know, and, and you're in the midst of that suffering and you know that you caused it Yeah, and your character is still being grown. Yeah. It's That's a right. beautiful thing. It is. It and, is. Because nothing is wasted on God. Nothing's wasted. That's right. Uh, moving forward, John, yes. any uh, additional resources you recommend? Any self-help, latest self-help latest books? Latest self-help books. You recommend? Yeah. Uh, you know. The Bible? Yeah. The, the, the Bible. Well, yeah. honestly, you know, and I've said that before, read a passage or, or, or those kinds of those kinds of things. Um, you know, kind of a tangential way of looking at this um, might be a book called When, when Helping Hurts. Um, I think that's that's important that we understand. I think it just helps us see that sometimes characters develop through through hurt, and that when, sometimes when our intention to help somebody actually harms them, and and we need to allow them to experience certain things. Like we do this as parents, mm, as parents yeah. with our kids, you know, just they experience, yeah, right. Um, and and so so we we don't right. Our our kids experience suffering. Sometimes we let them do it because there's a lesson to be learned, and 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 that's not the best way to help them. So I think when helping. Hurts is a good kind of tangential uh, approach to the topic that's hmm. covered. So, John, let's wrap this up. Yeah. What is the big idea for yeah, this the, week? The, the big idea is there's, there's meaning there, there's meaning and misery, and and at least one of those, part of that meaning is, is the comfort of the afflicted. Thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week.